mind and we looked at who our enemy was. We must recognize that we are not fighting against people. Rather, we're fighting a spiritual warfare. And so I don't believe that there is, uh, would be any argument about that tonight, that we are in the middle of a spiritual warfare. There is a battle that's raging um, in society, in the church, but also in our own hearts. There is a, there's a spiritual warfare. There's a tug of war that's transpiring um, and so we must recognize that we must fight with, uh, with armaments, with weapons that are spiritual based. And so here we come to Isaiah or Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 14. The Bible says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, or as the King James would say, having your loins girded about with truth. And the loins are your waist, being the, the middle parts of your body. And having that girded about with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Tonight I want to look at the loins of truth, and or the waist of truth. That is that part of your uh, body that is girded about with a belt and leather tassels that would hang down. And I want to um, uh, just take a few minutes and examine this tonight and how it applies to our spiritual warfare. The waist was typically protected uh, by a uh, girdle in Bible times. This was worn by both men, women, and also soldiers. I know we think of a girdle. We don't think of men or soldiers wearing those. But in Bible times, it was a, a, uh, a universal item that everyone would wear. Um, <clears throat> typically, it was a leather belt with leather strips that would hang down. And it would help hold the garments together, hold... Uh, the, the robe, the garments they're wearing, help holding everything tight and snug. And as we'll look here in a minute, there's also other uh, aspects that this girdle would operate or function as. And so there was a, a functionality to it. Um, the truth is, is that this is the one part that really wasn't armor per se, although it did have the leather tassels that would hang down that could help um, when, as soldiers would wear, help for defense. Typically, this this uh, this girdle that would go around the waist was not a uh, necessarily a armament. Like I said, men and women all would wear this, um, but it was the first thing that had to go on. It was the first piece of clothing that would go on on top of the outer garments, and it um, it had a purpose that we will examine here momentarily. The Bible says, having uh, girded your waist with truth. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 13, and you're welcome to join me in reading the scripture. We have quite a bit of scripture tonight, so just forewarn you on that. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 13, the Bible says, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so the Bible's saying, gird up the loins of your mind. Um, this girdle, the Bible says, have you, you know, have girded your waist or your loins with truth. Um, th this truth here that is being spoken of is really dealing with our mind, but it, 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 when you really dive into it, it's dealing ultimately with integrity. Having your loins girded with integrity, that's what the truth is. Um, it is the application of truth and not just the knowledge of it. We have the truth. The truth is the Word of God. But to gird yourself with it means to apply the Word of God, apply the truth of God's Word 
to a point where it becomes part of who you are and you as a believer, a child of God, are full of integrity. And we must have integrity if we're going to engage in spiritual warfare. Integrity is a must. And we don't like to talk about it. Or you don't hear much about integrity. But integrity really is vitally important. And so <clears throat> um, integrity is the things that God knows about you. It's the hidden things of the heart. And so we must be pure in our integrity before the Lord. Um, the sword of the word of God um, becomes the girdle of truth when we live by the truth that is contained in God's Word. Um, the, the, this girdle uh, that would go about the waist, this leather strap is where the soldiers would uh, uh, place their sword to carry their sword often. And so the sword being the sword of the Word of God, uh, that sword placed in the, the girdle of truth represents that integrity where the Word of God is applied around our own life, our own self. And so we must have the truth of God's Word. We must main, uh, maintain integrity. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse numbers 14 and 15, the Bible says here, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. And so it's growing up into all things that are truthfulness of Christ. And so it is learning to be like Christ, having the uh, really integrity, this truth, is having the heart, the mind of Christ in our own life. And if we are going to withstand the attacks of Satan, we must have the, the mind and the heart of Christ. It must reside in ourselves, And that is the truth. It is truth is the Word of God, but it's the Word of God that's being applied and lived out in our own life. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 21, it says, If indeed you have heard him, you have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. And so we must have integrity. Really to understand what integrity is, and I think it's important, growing up, the church I was at in Portland, Oregon, uh, Greater Portland Baptist Church, great church, every Friday or Saturday, I believe it was Friday, I'm having to go back a few days now, um, they had what they called men of integrity. And the men uh, of the church would come together on Friday mornings, uh, and they would have breakfast, and then they would have a devotion. They would break up into groups of uh, four or five men, and they held each other accountable on things that they were praying for in their life, sin that they were struggling with, and that the whole point was to help men have integrity to live what we believe. And so, but the opposite of integrity, the opposite of that is this word called duplicity, duplicity. Duplicity is hypocrisy or trying to lead a double life. This is the opposite of what uh, this truth is, living a double life, a life that is a lie. This is trying to live for God and the world or speaking of obedience to God while yielding to the world and the flesh. How often do we see that? People who say they follow God, yet there's nothing in their life that bears fruit of that. Um, we talk to people, I do, and I know you do too, all the time, that will do their very dead level best to convince you that they're a Christian. But yet when you examine the life, there's no evidence. 
The problem is, if they are a child of God, there's not that integrity, Christian integrity, where the truth of God is abiding inside their heart. And so having integrity means that we are going to uh, yield to God and rather than our own flesh. It's easy to yield to our flesh. Our flesh is strong. Um, I'm trying to eat healthy. I'll share this. My, my, um, I'm trying to get some blood sugar and pressure under control, and I'm eating healthy. And it's not easy to eat healthy, is it? Today we went to lunch and with Jonathan and James, and I ate healthy. I ate good. And they didn't eat too bad, but they ate like they normally do. And then afterwards, some lady walked by us with this huge tub. It was a hot fudge sundae with ice cream and brownie and chocolate syrup all over it. And Jonathan said, I've got to go get one of those. I can't help it. And so Jonathan went and got one of those. And a few minutes later, James said, I can't help it. I've got to go get one too. He said, Randy, do you want one? I said, I do, but I'm not going to get it. He said, I'll get you one. I said, no, James, I want it, but I can't have it. And so it's easy to eat bad. It's hard to eat good. And so it's, it's easy to yield to the flesh. But even with the things of God, it's difficult to always yield to him. There's that war that's going on. And integrity, this girdle of truth, is saying, listen, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to not just proclaim to people what the Word of God is, what truth is, but I'm going to girdle myself with it. I'm going to wrap myself inside of it. I'm going to live out the truth and integrity that I preach. It's living what we preach. We're missing that in society, in churches. We, we like to talk the talk, but who's going to walk the walk? And that really is the first step to fighting spiritual warfare. Uh, we can't, if we're not even in the right battle, if we're not even going to say, I'm going to take a stand, I'm going to yield to God, we're never going to be in the battle to fight the spiritual warfare. We've already lost before we even get started. We must have integrity. In every aspect of our life, in our business, in our relationships with our husbands, with our wives, with our children, with our grandchildren, with our neighbor, with our, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we must have integrity. Um, I don't have to tell you. You can tell me tonight. I'm the youngest one here, I believe. And so you can tell me, but uh, the days of someone's word being their bond, those days are long gone. What happened? Integrity don't exist anymore. Or it does exist, but in very small minorities of society. Integrity's gone. Well, how are we going to engage in spiritual warfare with a society, with a community who has rejected God, if we do not first girdle ourselves with integrity? That we're just going to do what we say. That we're going to live what we preach that we're going to yield ourselves to God the Father, His Word, the Holy Spirit, instead of ourselves and our own desires and our own flesh, saying, Lord, I surrender to you. This is vitally important. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. 
And yet that's what many Christians are trying to do. They're trying to serve God and mammon. We're trying to please God and still feed the flesh. The problem is our flesh is at war with the things of God. It is. I wish that wasn't the case, even for Christians, even for believers. But we are in a spiritual warfare. And like Paul said, Paul said, listen, the things I'm not supposed to do, that's what I do. And the things that I am supposed to do, I don't do those things. He said, there's a war going on. And you know what? We're still engaged in the same battle. And so we must, but we have to choose. We can't serve two masters. And society is warring against what I'm preaching tonight. Society is proclaiming from the rooftops right now, do whatever makes you happy. No. I can be happy as a Christian, but happiness is never my goal. Holiness is. I'm to be holy. God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. We are to live holy, and with holiness we find happiness. But, but we have to choose. We can't serve God and our flesh. And most people in society, and I fear that many in our churches as, as well, have just said, listen, I'm going to serve God just enough to make myself feel good. But the rest of the time, I'm going to keep feeding the flesh. But if we're going to engage in spiritual warfare, if we're going to have victory in spiritual matters, we're going to have to have integrity. We're going to have to live it. Isaiah eleven five says, Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. Dealing with that faithfulness with our integrity. Um, integrity on a one-off doesn't really help us a whole lot. I can display integrity if I own, say I own a business, I'm selling vacuum cleaners, and I can have integrity with one customer and then rip off the rest of my customers. That one incident of integrity ain't going to help me a whole lot, is it? And the Bible says, listen, the faithfulness, the belt of his waist or the, of his loin. And so we must be faithful in our integrity. Not that we speak it today and live it today and then ne neglect it tomorrow, but that we've lived a life of it. You ever had somebody that you just know they have a pattern in their life of they just, they never do what they say? A and they come to you, listen, we've got someone right now we're praying for, and um, they have said so many times that this time we have met God, we, the Lord has spoken to us, and we are going to live right, we're making right decisions. We have heard that so many times, and then a week later, they're back, has a kite strung out somewhere, and you're going, what in the world just happened? Well, they're right now, they're saying the same story again. We found our forever church, they're, they're talking the talk. Well, the proof's in the pudding. Time will tell if it's real or not. And that's what it is with integrity. We have to be faithful at it. We have to labor at it day in and day out. The, Lord, we want to follow you. Lord, we want your uh, will to be uh, prevailing in our life. So we must live with integrity if we are to withstand the attacks of Satan.
This applies both to uh, us as individuals, but also collectively as the church. We must be people of integrity. Romans chapter 13 verse 14 says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. He says don't even make provisions for it. Now, as an alternative, we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, who is truth. He is truth. We're to put on truth, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do that and we begin to live it, that's what integrity is. This girdle was, although I said earlier, it's not te technically part of the armor. And it was the first piece that held, had to be put on uh, a soldier. One of the things that was interesting about this girdle was that although it did have many times the tassels that would hang down that could help with uh, any kind of... Uh, uh, prevent cutting um one of the one of the main things it was used for was they would take the long flowing the robe or, or their garment and they would pull it up and they would tuck it inside the girdle so that when they ran whether it be in a race or in warfare their legs could move freely without getting tangled up in their garments it allowed them to move freely and that's what the girdle did. By, by tucking it in, um, they can move their legs unencumbered. You want to talk about something hindering us, our spiritual mobility? Lack integrity. That'll hinder us. That'll hinder our walk. If we're not living what we believe and what we preach, um, we're not going to have, we're not going to gain much territory with people. We're just not. Um, we can witness, we can talk, we can do everything we can, but if we're not living it, we're not going to gain any t much ground with people. People want to know, is it real? I remember, and maybe I've shared this, if so, y'all just pretend you haven't heard it before, and so I won't know the difference. Uh, years ago when I was a kid, we lived in Wyoming, and my dad, of course, growing up in Georgia, Georgia boy, and my wife, um, his wife, my mom, me and my sister, we all went to uh, Wyoming, and uh, we lived there, and right across the street was one of our neighbors. And uh, Dad went and said, hey, I'm the chaplain at the Wyoming State Penitentiary. We're living here, and I'd like to invite you to church. And uh, the, the man got irate. He got irate. And uh, he, he was a friendly to our dad. After that, he would take us out rattlesnake hunting as a kid in Wyoming. We'd go hunt rattlesnakes, and he was big into outdoors. But he said, if you ever bring up religion again on my doorstep, he said, I'll shoot you. And he meant it. He wasn't playing. And so dad just didn't say a whole lot. We just befriended him. And almost five years later to the date, um, he come in. He said, you know what? He said, Brother Ellis, can I talk to you? And this is to my dad. And he said, he said, all you southern preachers are the same. He said, you come in, you come to Wyoming, you spend one winter here, and then you head back to your mama. He said, you can't handle it. He said, but you've been here. You've actually stuck around. He said, tell me what you wanted to tell me. And he opened up for dad to share the gospel with him, but it took five years. He wanted to know that he actually believed and lived what he was trying to sell. Now, maybe that's an extreme, but I promise you there are people around in our lives that just want to know, is it real? 
Is it real? It's easy to have integrity, to do right, to live right, when life is smooth sailing. You want to know when your testimony really flourishes, though? When crisis hits. When the world falls apart. That's when people begin to watch our lives and say, is it real? Because then they'll know if you can hold on to your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of hardship, that's what people want. They don't need a, they don't need a sunshine religion. They need something that's going to be with them when the going gets rough. And that's what integrity does. Luke 12 or 35, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. Um, I won't go into the rest of that, but, uh, you know, the story of uh, the ladies there who had to keep their wicks burning, but also they had to be ready to move. Whenever the groom came, they had to be ready to go out to meet him. And so um, there was uh, an application that when we have the truth and our life ready, then we are ready to go. Well, I'll, that's all I'll go on that tonight. Um, we will continue the rest of the chapter next week or the next, rest of the verse and so I know listen y'all have proven your integrity through your life and you're here tonight and I appreciate it I know I'm preaching to the choir but I hope you're getting something out of it and maybe uh, maybe it's something we can share with some other people God is doing some great things we're excited about it but as again as a whole as collect or individually we need this integrity but also collectively as a church, don't we? We need, um, we need to live out what we preach. We can talk about it on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, but if we're not living it, the, world, the world's watching. I promise you, the church might not be full, although it's filling up, praise the Lord, but it may not be full on Sunday, but I promise you there is a full community around us who's watching. They know what's going on, and uh, they're waiting to see many times do we actually live out what we say we do.